What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hello, creatures. Welcome to the feature, the creature feature. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and some people say I'm the mouthpiece for a hive mind consisting of hundreds of tiny spiders. These allegations are untrue slander, and we, I mean, I won't stand for it on any of my many, many legs. Today we'll be talking about tools. Tools of the trade, tools of torture, and tools of, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, what's a butcher, a tailor, and a bendy stick maker got in common? They're all birds! Sorry, spoilers. Well, discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, what's the most humiliating thing to ever happen to an eel? So, when you think of animal tool use, you may think of that scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, where the apes discover how bones can be used to smash each other's faces in. The truth is that primate tool use can be much more sophisticated. Gorillas turn wood and wool and scraps into makeshift slippers so they don't have to walk on the snow. Orangutans use leaves as a safety whistle, holding them in front of their lips as they make an alarm call, lowering the frequency of sound and making them sound bigger. Mandrills, and if you're not sure what a mandrill is, it's what Rafiki is from The Lion King. Uh, they'll make Q-tips out of twigs to clean their ears. So as we'll discover, primates, including humans, aren't the only animals out there who use tools. And there are surprisingly sophisticated, cunning, cruel, and, well, perverted tools used by members of the animal kingdom. So joining me today is comedian, writer, director, lip balm collector, and overall great gal, Carmen Angelica. Hi. Yay. Great to have you. Thanks. I read about you collecting lip balm on your uh, Twitter. Are you sort of like, is this kind of like a magpie or raven kind of thing where you just have like a nest full of lip balm? 
it's like a magpie if they didn't collect it well. Like I if, see. If like I feel like magpies like create a nest. Yeah. And it's full of all, and they know exactly where all of their stuff They've is. They've placed it meaningfully. Yeah. Where I, on the other hand, accidentally find lip balm yeah. everywhere because I always lose it and buy more. Right. No, I totally understand that. I I have a few purses where sometimes it's fun to go through my old purses because I'll just find money and Altoids <laughs> and various balms. I yes. just. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's fun. It's like I leave myself Easter eggs. It, agreed. I, I think if you look at it that way, it's right. always, it's never there when you need it, but when you uh, happen upon it, it's yeah. always there. So we're talking today about tools of the trade. Uh, do you have like a favorite tool or is it lip balm? <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite tool besides lip balm? Um, I would... Uh, Mine's a Phillips head screwdriver. Yours is a Phillips head screwdriver. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I like a measuring tape. Those are good, aren't they? What do you use it for? Um, I like to sew. That's part time. So I have a little mm-hmm. measuring tape that I carry around with me. But then also it's come in handy for many things. Like you mm. never know when you need to measure something. You can use it as rope. Yes. You can... Uh, Flick it at people. Right. You can measure like... A door and an item you're carrying, and no, if it's gonna fit, if it's gonna fit, yeah. yeah. Instead of getting stuck there, right? Like I always used to, yeah. Like I'm carrying like groceries, and then you measure their circumference and width, and like, mm-hmm. is this gonna work? And it makes the job quicker, but also not right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they say, uh, cut your groceries once, measure once. Me- also, <laughs> not sure what my dad told me. I think that's no, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. exactly right. And I'm not going to make any changes yeah. to that. Circumcisions cut once. Me- whoops, yeah. you forgot to measure. <laughs> Circumcisions. We did it. <laughs> well, so the favorite tool of dolphins is actually a sponge and not in the way you're thinking, not like a, not like a kitchen sponge. Although, I mean, they are you. So sea sponges are an actual animal. Yeah. Like SpongeBob. Yeah. I used I used to have one. Yeah. Oh really? You yeah. had like a did you It wasn't alive. It, it was, was a sadly dead. Yeah. dead. You yeah. used the corpse of a sea sponge exactly. in your devious deeds. I mean, you talked about favorite tools, you asked, you know. <laughs> I love to rub dead sea animals all over my body. <laughs> um they uh they use these sea sponges and they, they don't look like SpongeBob. They're kinda you know, they're roundish yeah. and lumpy. Um, and they rip it apart and they cover their little snoots with it like they're wearing a glove on their face. Um, and they do this not just to be fashionable, although they do look pretty, they pretty look fetch. Pretty it's very fetch. Okay. You know, like the dolphin's like, <laughs> which translates to stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, so they use these sponges to probe the seafloor to unearth fish like sand perch, uh, which is a dolphin delicacy, um, so that they can eat them. But the issue is the seafloor is, you know, sharp and full of po- pokey Pokies. sticks. Yeah. yeah, pokey, well, not sticks, sometimes sticks. Sometimes rocks, a shell. Shells, various assorted corals. Maybe a biting fish. Maybe like, maybe some Cutco knives that someone <laughs> angrily threw into the ocean Very once they realized true. how cheaply made they are. Exactly. I don't. I don't mean. It. I don't actually know anything about Cutco yeah. knives. But you know what? People might have angrily thrown them right. in the ocean because that happened. Right. Like, like they cut themselves and they're like, "Fie on you, knife!" and throw it in the ocean. And 
Now you've got knife proliferation among dolphins. Yeah. It's an issue. You know, they cut pennies. You got to be careful with the right. Petco stuff. Right. Like, it, can you imagine a dolphin, like, like sort of, like, tossing a knife from hand to hand, mm. being like, the <laughs> game has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to see that one. Yes. Um, but, you know, so they got to protect their snoots. So they wear the, the sponge, and then that um, protects them from getting sand up up their nose snoots. Well, it's not really a nose because their nose is on their, their blowhole. Yeah. But, but their snoot. Their snoot. Yeah, that's but, smart. Well, you don't want to boop the snoot. No, they boop with a, a sponge. A sponge. You got to have a soft boop, not they, a sharp pokey boop. Yeah, they spoop. Boop. <laughs> sponge boop. Um, and so... You know, researchers kind of wondered, well, why go to all this trouble when you can just eat fish that aren't on the bottom? Well, uh, they think that maybe it's because these fish have more nutrients uh, that they wouldn't get from other fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they have really high lipid content um, cause, because of the physiology of these bottom-dwelling fish. Interesting. Um, and what's really cool is this is, this is very feminism. Uh, this okay. is a very boss bay tactic. I'm listening. Because, uh, like, most of the sponge-wearing dolphins are females. Um, and they have invented it potentially because of the nutritional pressures of bearing calves, uh, which make them crave more uh, high-fatty nutrients. Um, and then this is a really cool example of cultural learning because they pass the knowledge of sponging onto their daughters. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's brilliant. I think I, that makes me like dolphins so much more. Yeah. The fact that they were like, you know what? I know where to get the good food, and I know it's hard to get it, but I'm going to problem solve around this. Right, right. Like like that that trailblazing uh, dolphin who put the sponge on is like, I'm going to teach everybody. Yeah, ladies, so cool. gather around. Yeah. I mean, my mom taught me about the sponge, but it was a different kind. Yeah, of it was a different kind of sponge. It was, a, yeah. it was not for booping. We'll no. just <laughs> well, it was yes, a so a form of boop. It, it's a contraceptive. <laughs> um, it wasn't for food booping. We'll yeah. just say that. Do you remember that Seinfeld episode, the the sponge worthy uh, Elaine? <laughs> <laughs> like they, I guess that the the sponge went off the shelves at one point, but it was mm-hmm. Elaine's favorite form of birth control, and so every time she was going to, um, you know, have sex with a guy, she was would have to determine whether he's sponge worthy. I love it. I love that <laughs> for and her. Yeah, for her. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, because it's a limited quantity of great birth control. It's got to be the right. Yeah. It's got to be the right. And in this case, I guess they're doing it. They're like, oh, we need the good food. Is it sponge worthy? Yeah. The fish are sponge worthy. 100% sponge worthy. Because of their high lipid content (laughs) and nice calves. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So another uh, sort of animal entrepreneur when it comes to tool use is called, well, first I'll just say it's a songbird found across tropical Asia, and it's called a tailor bird because it is a tailor, basically. <gasps> this is my kind of bird. Wait, it's sows? Are you saying this yes. bird sows? I, this is a bird after your own heart. Oh, um, yes. I'm so about this. It uh, it will sew itself a little, like a little uh, cradle for its nest. Um, so it takes a, a big old leaf and pierces very very precise holes into the leaf and then stitches them together using their beaks as needles with <gasps> plant fiber or spider silk as thread. That is awesome. 
Like these little these little Tim Gunn birds. I love it. Make it, it work. work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and they their noses are the needles. Or yeah, I guess yeah. Their beaks are the needles. Yeah. So it's a little. It's probably a little more difficult than sewing with a with a needle because yeah. it's your actual nose. Yeah, and they can't exactly um, reach. Or do they reach their claw over? And well, pick they up they the pass thing? it through with their their face, and then they uh, tuck their head around the other side and pull it through. Oh and, wow! Um, sometimes they use. Sometimes they do like an actual weaving stitch <gasps> between this the leaves. Sometimes they use them as kind of like rivets, so they'll you know. Stitch, stitch them together and kind of like uh, knot it or fluff it out. And so it like forms a kind of rivet, oh, like nice. a button. Um, and uh, this will support and hide their nest. So it shields it. It gives it extra su- structural support. And it camouflages it all in, all in one. Yeah. Heck um, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very surgical procedure too. So... The puncture holes are small enough that it doesn't actually damage the leaves uh, and it doesn't cause them to brown, which ensures that they stay green and keep it camouflaged amongst the rest of the foliage. Brilliant. It's yeah, it's it's amazing. It's uh it's such a cool use of engineering. Seriously. It actually kind of reminds me um I think I think this is in Indonesia where there are these bridges made out of tree roots that people have made. Uh, and they are, they don't actually destroy the trees. They're living roots. Um, oh, wow. So as, as uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, the bridges just get stronger and stronger because the roots continue to grow. Um, and it's resistant to, like, water flow. And it's really incredible kind of natural engineering. We should do that. We should do that more. I know. I think we should really do that more. Yeah, I, I think, so. yeah, yeah. Like, you have... Some living resources in yeah. trees. You They're going to be stronger. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of trying that in L.A., just like one sickly palm tree wheezing its way, <laughs> trying to support a bunch of cars over the interstate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll need at least two palm trees. You know what I mean? I feel like we'll need a little more. So now, I mean, birds I think you'll find are very intelligent. I'm not just saying that because I'm a shell for birds, although that is true. I am. <laughs> um, but uh, New Caledonian crows uh, don't just use tools that they find lying on the ground. They actually make their own specific tools. Um, so New Caledonian crows are crows that are native to New Caledonia. Wow. I would not have seen <laughs> that one coming. I think it's pronounced Caledonia. Caledonia? Cal- I, I'm sorry. I can't verify. Somewhere near France. Yeah? France. France. <laughs> so please, please correct me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, really, really. I, I don't mind that kind of correction. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to clarify. Yes. It's a clarification, yes, if anything. a clarification. Um, they not only use tools, but they will modify them to fit their needs and to make them more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Our researchers first noticed this when they were observing a captive crow named Betty. Betty? <laughs> yeah. Betty I the crow, uh, who was observed bending pieces of wire to form hooks so she could snatch meat from a tube. What? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, because they wanted to see her problem-solving skills, so they put a little treat down a tube, which she can't reach. So she made a hook and then fished it out of the tube. Wow. Uh, and, like a little bird genius. That. Is she went fishing? She went fishing, um, <laughs> and the researchers at the time thought this was a f- spontaneous act of problem solving because she had access to wire. Um, but uh, researchers also found this behavior uh, in 
wild crow populations. Mm -hmm. So these New Caledonian crows in the wild will tear off small twigs and craft them into hooks by, first they kind of whittle them with their beaks so there's a notch at the end. Um, it's like they're actually, they're actually carving it. Um, and then they'll also bend the twigs to be more efficient um, so that they can grab things like grubs and insects and little bits of food. Um, and so the combination of both bending it and like carving it to me, this is seems very much like a fish hook design. Yeah. Because when you look at a fish hook, it's like it has that curve and then a little hook, like yeah. a little notch at the end, a, a barb. So it's like they, they've created this little twiggy fish hook. Yeah. Do you think they came up? Do you think, I mean, that makes me wonder, is this like a a tool that because people do that we we yeah. use people did we learn do that. from birds yeah did we learn from birds did they mm. learn from us or is it something that is within our like mindset that we're like this is the way it's got to be I think and by I mean, our I mean the world yeah mindset. it's an interesting question definitely there are cases of parallel invention for sure and parallel evolution where you have different things uh, coming up just because you stick an intelligent animal in an area long enough and it's going to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it is a good question. I, I do wonder sometimes because birds are very crafty and whether we looked at those birds and thought like, huh, you know, they, they made this hook. Yeah, we should try um, that. We should try that. Or it could be that it's, you know, we we, are, we, we aren't um, descendants of birds. No. But we are cousins so that, that brain being able to develop tool use uh we we share a common ancestor so yeah, we have a bit of bird brain we do have a bit of bird brain you know we uh just a bit just a bit i mean it's more of a it's more of a reptile brain that we yeah, all share guess, yeah but yeah, we all have a uh brain. but it is uh you know i i think we all have birds inside us yeah oh I just ate some chicken salad. So. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> what a dark way of getting there. I had some chicken. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> um, so they'll also uh, bit create the hooks in a way that I think is really interesting. So they have different methods of bending the hooks. Uh, they'll wedge them into holes, like using it as a vice to bend it. Oh, wow. Um, they'll use, like, rocks as kind of anvil type things where they'll sort of push it or or poke it against a rock until it bends um and they'll use their feet and just it, they seem really so it's really interesting because they seem to have some kind of sense of it's not just a pre-programmed um subroutine that runs in their heads where they do a certain motion that bends the tool yeah. they seem to be actively trying different things to bend it more efficiently i think uh -huh. it's really really smart yeah they're trying to progress their their Tool-making yeah. skills, which I get. Which is a lot smarter than me when I'm faced with some kind of physical challenge because I'll just keep trying the same thing over and over. Like with a with a jar I can't open or something that's not working, I'll just continue to try to force it. Uh, yeah, until I yell at the thing. <laughs> until I, I yell at the thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I can't, if I'm trying to assemble some Ikea furniture and something's not fitting, I will shove it in and it's like a square thing fitting in a round <laughs> thing. And I'm like... Those crazy Swedes. Oh man, they did this wrong. I'm right. Why would they? Why would they invent a round peg to go in a square hole? Anyways, <laughs> gotta hammer it some more. Birds are great. Birds they are. are great. They're really smart. They are smart. I do like birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
When you think of technological advancements of the Neanderthal, you're probably thinking like sharp rocks, bones, maybe a spear or two. And while it's true that modern human tool development was exponentially more advanced than that of Neanderthals, sometimes our old lumbering cousins can be surprisingly intelligent. A recent finding by archaeologists revealed that Neanderthals used primitive adhesive to glue their tools together. Researchers found tools in the western coast of Italy that had traces of pine resin that held the tools together, like a stone head attached to a wooden handle. These recent discoveries were aged at 55,000 years old and were found in an area inhabited only by Neanderthals at the time. The use of adhesive to create tools paints a more intelligent portrait of Neanderthals. The resin had to be heated and cooled in order to be used as glue, which demonstrates an understanding of how to manipulate fire and different temperatures to change the state of objects. One of the artifacts showed resin traces on a stone scraper, indicating that the Neanderthals used this tool to help craft another tool with adhesives, demonstrating a multifaceted approach to crafting that has been traditionally seen as a unique characteristic of modern humans. Seems like our assumption has gotten us into a real sticky situation. Oh. Get it? <laughs> sticky? They use glue and also probably sticks. And Well, I mean, at least we haven't found evidence that Neanderthals were, uh, were, still, were using humor because we're still the apex species in comedy. Yeah! Somehow. <laughs> so when we return, we'll talk about some tools of torture aside from my puns. <laughs> so stay tuned. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So now we're going to talk about tools of torture. When it comes to torture, sadly, humans seem unparalleled. One of the most creative uses of tools over time has been, well, to inflict horrible pain on each other. 
Take, for example, the brazen bowl, which sounds like an uncomfortable yoga position, but it's actually a lot scarier than that. And around 560 BC in ancient Greece, the wretched tyrant Phalaris ruled the land with an iron fist and a bronze bowl. You see, Phalaris was a bit of a dillweed and liked to torture folks. He was rumored to eat babies and mix Skittles with M&Ms, you know, like psychopathic tyrant stuff. According to legend, one of his court sculptors wondered what to get the monster who has everything, so he gifted him with the brazen bowl, a metal sculpture of a bowl with a hollow inside, a hatch open to the interior of the bowl through which the victim would be forced inside. Then a fire would be kindled under the bowl's belly, and as the metal heated up, the victim would begin to be broiled alive. The gimmick of this torture device was that the screams of the victim and steam of roasting human flesh would bellow forth from the bull's open jaws, making it seem as if the bull itself was roaring. There was some speculation that the acoustics were especially designed to amplify the victim's screams of pain. And perhaps apocryphally, the brazen bull's first victim was the sculptor himself, whom Phalaris used to test his new horrible toy. Whether this is fact or myth, it still remains true that humans seem uniquely and creatively cruel. But as we'll soon discuss, animals can be surprisingly twisted in their use of tools. So, Carmen, you look... Terrified? You look horrified. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's so... I mean, like, to part of me when you were like, and the first person to test out the brazen bowl was the sculptor who made it. And I'm like, oh, no. Such irony. So much irony. So ironic. (laughs) (laughs) And then ironic. (laughs) When you you get boiled alive in your own bowl on your wedding day. (laughs) You know what? I think we got to contact. Yeah, we got to we got to yeah. add that lyric to the song is yeah. what I'm saying. We got to. Yeah. Elena Smore Isn't said, it ironic? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> You're dead in your own bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you made a torture device, but you thought it wasn't for you, but it was <laughs> on your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carmen, what I like to do is welcome my guests onto the USS Imagination Station train. I mix metaphors there. That's a ship thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, I could see it on a ship. Yeah. I could see that on a ship. To, to USS Imagination <laughs> land, going for the Bering Strait facts. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, what do you think you'd do in a Texas chainsaw massacre situation? So, like, imagine there's a raving lunatic chasing you around mm-hmm. with a chainsaw and... Yeah. Uh, he wants to hook you up on a meat hook. Uh-oh. Like, what if he's got... All right, because, you know, isn't there a scene in the movie where one of the ladies is on so, a meat hook and yes. she escapes? Uh-huh. She is on a meat hook. There is that. Yep. I saw right. that recently. Yeah. Right. I don't know. What would be your... Well, Say he's gotcha. What if if I'm on the meat hook? On your, what would on I meat do? Hook. Yeah. Like, what tools would I make to, like, fight back? Or, like, would just I just like, kick real hard? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, for me, I would try to... I would try to make... Maybe get a good swinging going. Yeah, I'd get, I'd, I'd be hanging on a, hit, a meat hook, so right. I, I, I know, I know it would swing. hurt, but I'd also right. try to get off. Kind of get a swing going, and then either the force of the swing, or like then maybe you could grab onto something. Yeah, is I, that what she does in the movie? I I think does she like pull herself off the? No, I think they pull her off the meat. I hook. think they pull her off. Yeah, yeah. yeah but she I would can't really reach. Or or you get 
you use like you use the mechanical advantage of the meat hook to swing real good. See, you are. I feel like you're like coming in with like, here's what we do based off of physics, and I'm, I'm just ready. like, I think I'd scream. I just, I'm scream ready. For, I'm ready to be in a horror movie situation. I would like. I'd build up a bunch of momentum, and then when the when the bad dude comes in, I'd like get get a flying kick in yeah. from just swinging on this meat hook. Yeah, yeah, I love this. <laughs> I, I think you'd kill it. You'd kill it literally. I would. <laughs> well, if probably wouldn't be as lucky if I m- matched up with a butcher bird. Gotta say, oh no, Birds its name are... is Butcher Bird. Bur- Butcher Bird. <laughs> what a, like a cute horror little film. bird! <laughs> they are actually pretty cute. Uh, they look just like innocent songbirds. Of course they, well, of course cutie. they do. Innocent songbird. This is just I, innocent bird. Tweet tweet. I'm just here to sing a song. I'm going to sing you a song of murder. Oh no! I knew the butcher <laughs> name would come in at some point. So butcher birds are an Australian magpie-sized bird. Uh, they're on the larger side for songbirds, but still, they're songbirds. They're not that big. Okay. Uh, they look innocent enough. Um, they're also uh, shrikes, which are found in Eurasian Africa, who also are called butcher birds, who do the same behavior, but they just are a slightly different species. Oh. Um, and they're also small, cute, unassuming. Yeah. Uh, they got little bandit... <laughs> Uh, oh really? They got, got like a little Zorro mask you know, over their eyes. I imagine if yeah, if they're doing something a little butcher esque, yes. maybe they want that mask, mm, like an executioner in old times. Yeah, like how going... they would wear masks oh, or anonymity. God. Oh, wouldn't man. it suck if you were an executioner and you were wearing a mask, but you had a real distinctive voice? You'd be like, "All right, time for <laughs> ready." <laughs> I don't know why that's like the voice that, that would, I'm like. That would be great. Like, is like, that Phil? <laughs> Dennis? <laughs> Dennis, my neighbor? No. <laughs> you christened my child. Yeah, no, no, I didn't christen uh, Todd. <laughs> when my wife was pregnant, you rubbed her feet. Hey, no, I would never, <laughs> you know, her. I mean, her feet were aching, but no, I would never. I gave do- you a kidney. Okay, thank you for that. But no, <laughs> what's not me? Uh, so as you may have guessed, uh, they feed on raw, bloody meat of their tortured victims. Actually, I don't know if you would have guessed that precisely. Just that it'd be something bad. Raw, bloody so meat of their tortured victims. Yes. Because they do torture them before they eat them. If you consider impalement to be torture. Oh, I believe in the de- textbook definition of torture. <laughs> that might be one of the phrases. Yes. So they will feed on insects, reptiles, small mammals, or even other birds. Ooh. Uh, once they capture their prey, they impale them on spikes, mm. typically thorns on branches, but they get kind of creative with it. Mm-hmm. They'll do a sharp plant, sharp sticks, whatever they can find. Um, in fact, they you sometimes use barbed wire. So you already don't look happy about this. So I'm going to show you some pictures. Okay. <laughs> so here's... Um, one of these butcher birds uh, uh-huh. with its prey. Oh, great. Um, you see that spike's just going right through the little mouse's skull. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and here, here's one with its victim, and he's sitting on some barbed wire, and he's just about to just shunk it right on that wire. Why do they want to impale it so bad? Well, uh, it gives them a larder of meat. A larder? A meat larder. Wait, describe what you mean by meat larder. Is it like... Like a pantry full of meat. Oh, and it just hangs there? Well, it's like the meat hooks, like we were talking about earlier oh. um, and with the... Uh, what's his name? With Leatherface? Yeah, yeah, Leatherface. Yeah, because they, they eat people. That's the... 
I haven't actually seen no, the No, you're right. Though, but they though. eat people, so they got to keep people in like a, a meat larder. Uh, and so do these birds. So does it, but it's not necessarily like the only difference I'm seeing, and maybe you have the answer here, is in, in, in the movie, they were in like a cooling place. Right. Right. Are, they, are these spikes that they, they, these birds find in a cooling place? No, no, it's not really refrigeration. It's just that, you know, you're a smallish bird and you have a big mouse. It's hard to eat. So mm. uh, if you put it on a spike, uh, not only can you eat it more easily, uh, so you can just kind of rip uh, and tear meat off of it without it falling down, mm. um, but you can also, once you're full, you save it for later. <laughs> and uh, Or if you want to keep hunting, you can keep hunting, put another thing on, come oh. back, kind of turns into some nice mousy jerky. Oh, uh, no. You know, just sample different little meats you got. Oh, God. Like having snacks on a road trip, except I'm- the snacks are... On spikes. And yeah. No, like I mean, I guess it's not far off from what we've done. Yeah. But, you know, again, maybe we learned it from the birds. Maybe yes. the birds learned it from us. Yes. Know. We saw, I mean, especially during the uh, crusades and stuff, we saw the birds and were like, this gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Theodore? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. Just talking to my bird friends. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The birds tell me to kill. <laughs> so... Another animal who's kind of into torture in a weird way. Oh, God. Um, More than one. Yeah, and it's a, it's kind of funny and cute, but also kind of twisted. Uh, right. Wild macaques will use human hair as dental floss. Macaques? What is a macaque? It's a, it's a type of um, monkey. Yeah, and uh, they take human hair for dental floss? Yes. They look kind of like this. They're cute. Aww. They're cute little guys, but they like to rip people's hair out and use it as dental floss. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if it is long hair, and I imagine most of our hair is longer than theirs, right? They're not far off. That's true. It's it just kind well. of a very um, sadistic form of tool use. Oh, for sure. Where so uh, <laughs> they live in Thailand. Um, and there's a group, a specific group of them that lives at an old Buddhist shrine of uh, the of uh, Prang Samyot. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, and they're seen as holy servants of God. Um, and like most people or monkeys, all of this power has gone right to their heads. Uh-oh. Um, so uh, also to unfortunate bystanders' heads. Because oh, no! they like to, uh, they'll ride on people's heads and pull out you know chunks, chunks of hair oh my god um and then they use these uh hairs to brush their teeth and floss in between them oh uh, <laughs> well at least they care about dental hygiene in that you know yeah at the expense of everybody's heads yeah that's true just like uh it, that'd be such a weird social behavior if you just just reached over to someone, pulled out their hair, and started flossing with it. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I think there's something in my teeth. <laughs> is it? Do you? Is it gone? Is it gone? Yeah, most of my hair is. Sometimes I uh, use my boyfriend's hand to scratch my arm. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't rip his hand out of its socket. Yeah, I think that's also nice scratcher. that you don't do that. I think it's nice that you don't. It do is that. nice. It's a low bar, but I have. Jump just but barely jumped over it. it. And I'm <laughs> I <did> happy. It. <laughs> and I'm happy. 
No. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it is a it's a it's a creative solution, but yikes. So <laughs> where do they get just people who are walking by, they'll jump on their shoulders? Yeah, so people who visit the shrine. Oh. Uh, and they and they it's also that, you know, these monkeys are regarded as holy, so they're not going to like you're not going to drop kick a holy monkey. Yeah. So if a holy monkey gets on you and starts pulling out your hair, it's like, uh, it's got to be God's will. All right. You're <laughs> welcome. Oh, gosh. Just like how we get allow, like, other people in positions of authority away with abuses, you know? Uh, I guess. I guess. But the monkeys. They are cuter, though. They're way cuter. <laughs> they are cuter. And at least it's just, at least it's in the name of good dental hygiene. Yeah. And it's, ugh. well, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm glad I haven't visited that shrine then because, <laughs> frankly, my hair would be fantastic dental Oh, floss. they would love my hair. It, oh. It's already, like, sort of a bird's nest of hair, so I think it's it's just primo, primo monkey plucking kind of hair. Yeah. Although it's also kind of... um. Each each uh, hair itself is kind of thin, where it's like easy to break apart. Yeah. So I don't know how if it'd be good floss. It might be a good toothbrush though. Yeah, that's true. Soft bristles. Yeah, yeah. If you like, sort of uh, get a big chunk out. Yeah. You know. Personally, my hair is. Mm, I would say it's actually pretty good for floss. Like it, oh, it yeah. would be prim- some primo some floss. Some primo hair. floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember, this is bringing back this recovered memory of when I was a kid. I did use my own hair to floss. Sometimes. You did? Yeah, just as, not like because I cared about flossing, but because I wanted just, to try it. I was curious. And it, and it worked. I, well. Yeah. I mean, f- physically, yeah, I could do it. I don't know if it actually cleaned my teeth at all. Just made them grosser. Probably floss was better. Just like smiling at the school picture, just a bunch of hair sticking out of my teeth. <laughs> you get, get something. Is that, is that human hair in your teeth? <laughs> well, you know, there were, I mean, I know there were, I think there was a time when I used to, I wasn't a kid who ate hair, thank God. Um, I'm sorry to those listeners who were children who ate hair, but I definitely chewed on my hair. Yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah, I chewed on my hair. Yeah, I wouldn't, actually when people eat a lot of hair, it can become a big problem. Uh, it's a um, habit known as pica where you, where you uh, eat things you're not supposed to eat um and hair is one of them and uh there was a woman who had eaten so much hair it formed an intestinal clog and it weighed like as much as a baby she got a hairball in her her body big hairball and they had to surgically removed it and it weighed like 10 pounds or something disgusting that sounds awful i feel so bad for her there's pictures you want to (laughs) see i think you're bringing them up yeah well, it's like it's like when you imagine like, you know, when you you dig in your shower drain that times it's that 100 times with some probably internal goo. It's I mean, it actually looked like sort more like a hairball, just yeah? like a big ball of hair. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's not that's OK. Exciting. then. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that all the time. Well, maybe they cleaned it off first. I don't know. That's true. They probably didn't want to show a, blood, a bunch good... of blood on hair. Yeah. They like cleaned it off to show it all their fellow surgeons like, hey, look what I found. Yeah, look at this giant <laughs> hairball. I mean, I guess it's turnaround is fair play because we use animal parts in weird ways. I guess so. Like if you think about it, because we use we use a uh, boar hair bristles. We do in our brushes. Yes, we do. We use um, horse hair in our instruments, right? Yeah, we uh, do. Yeah, we do. Violins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, we use hair. We use other animals' hair. I got, someone gave me a book called Felting with Cat Hair. <gasps> I've seen that! <laughs> I haven't done I haven't done it, but I've seen it. Have you felted with the cat hair? No. no. But I do, f- I, I have felted with normal wool. Yeah. I guess wool is like the main, the main animal hair we use, huh? Yeah, that is a, that is a. But like there. cat hair, I don't quite understand, because I like, oh, you know, some people knit with their dog hair and cat hair. Dog hair and cat hair, it ain't, it ain't, it's nasty, though. It's also not. And, and long coarse. or anything. Well, right? some, sometimes, like, there are certainly do dogs that are, well, there's dogs that are have long hair and cats that have True. long hair. I, I don't think it'd work with the real short hair yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, my dog definitely generates enough long hair to felt with yeah. or to knit with if I wove it into <laughs> yarn. <laughs> that's so disgusting. Well, I mean, I guess it's a way to, to use all of the fluff that's always around the house. I yeah. just, like... I number one, if a friend has an allergy and I'm outside wearing my like cat hair sweater, <laughs> is I, that just is that just because you have cat hair on it you? Feels wrong. I mean, yeah. I already do always. Ha- I mean, yeah. well, not anymore. I don't live with cats anymore. Yeah, sadly. but oh. I know my my roommate uh, moved away and took the cats. Oh, I'm sorry. It was sad. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They're happy where they are. Do you FaceTime with the cats? I did. I did. Recently. <laughs> we face. I FaceTime with my old roommate, and then we. I saw the cats. And yeah. We FaceTime for. A Have half you like year. collected their hair and sort of sh- shaped it into the shape of a cat and be like, "You are my cat now." You know, I keep t- I keep texting my uh, old roommate who. Uh, is moved away and I keep being like could you please send me some of their hair I need to form really? a new cat and is this a bit yeah it's a bit okay <laughs> you were very convincing thank you yeah no she keeps saying no and I don't know why <laughs> can I have some of your cat hair for uh, my I hope purposes this, I hope this isn't weird I, I'm glad you are all happy where you are now but mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to send me cat hair because I need to make a cat <laughs> So have animals themselves ever been used as tools of torture by humans? I mean, these are civilized people we're talking about, so yes, absolutely, of course they have. Remember that book, 1984? You may have heard it name-dropped a few thousand times. And remember that scene where the hero gets tortured by rats? Well, historically, rats have been used for torture, and in an even more gruesome manner. During the Dutch Revolt from the late... 1500s to mid-1600s, a military leader named Diderik Sonoy found a sickening use for rats. He'd fill a ceramic bowl up with rats, place the bowl against his victims' stomachs, then heat the bowl. The rats, who were getting uncomfortably hot from the hot coals, burrowed into the only refuge available to them, the fleshy stomachs and entrails of the human victim. This, of course, kills the human, though I'm not really sure what happens to the rats. Rats have been used throughout the ages as implements of torture, which I think is really unfair to the rats. Here they are just trying to live their ratty lives, getting cheese every day, when they're suddenly forced to be party to some ghoulish Rube Goldberg machine of torture. Who's the real rats here? The rats or the humans who use the rats to torture other humans? Right. (laughs) So... When we come back, we'll be shifting gears from tools of torture to tools of love, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about animal sex. So stay tuned. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So now we're going to talk about tools of, well, you know, a sexual nature. We humans have long sought to separate the act of sex from that of reproduction because sex is fun while having tons and tons of babies can be kind of less fun. So some historians think that there are ancient tools of reproductive control, such as small rocks potentially being used as a kind of primitive form of IUD. There's also a myth that seems to suggest condoms were used in ancient society. The legend of Minos, written in 150 AD, tells the sad story of King Minos, whose semen was cursed to be made out of snakes and scorpions, a huge turnoff for the ladies. So to protect his lovers, he used a goat bladder as a female condom. So yada yada yada, history happened, and now we have a bunch of forms of cool birth control and other sexual devices that make sex safer and more fun. But is putting a bunch of bells and whistles on sex a uniquely human habit? Nope, we got some kinky critters who put their creativity to very good use, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so, I like in the Legend of King Minus, they're like, what if semen was made out of scorpions and snakes? Oh, God. That'd be bad. Right? <laughs> but it's, I would be much more concerned. I mean, like, sure, you wouldn't, but like, wouldn't that hurt coming out? That, that's got to Those little semen, semen scorpions are crawling out of your tiny little peeny hole. <laughs> right? That's well put. Yeah, I, don't, I just, I, just, I feel like. It can't be comfy. Right, like why would you, I like the how the logic is like, oh, you know, you got to, you got to protect, you know, have protective sex. That's all good. But would you ever want to have sex again if like every time you had sex, scorpions came out of your wee hole? I mean, listen, how good is the orgasm that is paired with right, it? You right, right. Like the payoff seems to pale in comparison to like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to like pass a, an entire snake yeah. and a scorpion. For like a, like a couple seconds of like. Yay! <laughs> Couple sex and sec, seconds, yeah. Seconds. Um, <laughs> I mean, because I've heard passing stones is incredibly painful. Yeah, so. and those are tiny, right? 
passing scorpions. That's got to be really. even. I guess if the scorpion's small enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how little are these little scorpions? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how little. They're, scorpions come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Also, if they're too tiny, them pinching oh, on yeah. the outside won't really, mm. you won't feel it. Right. That's right. So then. It's like the bite of a, um, what do you call those? The, the uh, Oh, daddy long Daddy legs? long legs. They're the yeah. most poisonous, but they can't really bite you. I think, and I don't think they're actually that poisonous to humans. I, I think that's kind of like. Uh, it's a myth. That might be apocryphal. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but you would know. I you know more about creatures. Than I wouldn't I rub them all over yourself. And well, then you're ruining my weekend <laughs> plans. But I, I think that I mean their their jaws their teeth are quite tiny. But I, I'm also not sure if the venom is actually that. Okay. Do you want me for, to have a happy Fourth of July or not? Like, what, <laughs> what do you want? There's also a difference between a harvestman and daddy long legs, and I don't know what it is. So that's helpful. <laughs> so. Have you ever dated a drummer? Have I ever dated a drummer? Yeah. Oh my god. I think I have. Yeah. I think once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show, Carm. <laughs> that's all. That's why you that's brought all, me. That's all. We, that's all. That's all. We came here that. to ask and answer. Okay. Well, tell me about that. What's the what Well, I'm actually. Drummer? I'm actually currently dating a drummer. Oh. Oh, he's not. That's not his main. It's not his main. It's hustle. not his main gig. Yeah. That's no, his mine. Side hustle. Yeah, my drummer wasn't his main gig. Right. It was right. just a fun. It was a drummy thing. Yeah, it was just a drummy thing. <laughs> but there are drum people. Yeah. And there are drum birds. What? <laughs> so, cockatoos use drumsticks to get the ladies. <gasps> I get it. Uh, so, um, they will accompany their singing with a rock and drum solo. Um, so, these are male palm cockatoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're found in Australia and they actually look pretty metal. Hey. They're black uh-huh. with red cheeks. Oh, so I really of, want there to be a drummer who dresses just like yeah, this. Yeah, they kind of, I mean, it's like, it's sort of like, you know, it does look very metal bandish. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, you got this jet black bird and I mean, the red cheeks are adorable. They're so cute. Yeah, yeah, cutie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they will use sticks or rocks to rhythmically drum against the branches of trees to attract mates, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Um, I think it's one of the first time we've seen another animal other than humans use percussive instruments uh, that are like a, a separate tool to use as a percussive instrument. Truly using the rhythm of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and each bird has his own characteristic drum solo riff. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I listened to a thing of it, and it's kind of like, it, it kind of sounds like, like, <laughs> Wait, is that just that was one bird though? That was, that was another bird. bird might be like <laughs> Yeah. Or like one bird might be like <laughs> I'm sorry, that bird is my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm sorry, or girlfriend. I don't know what the gender of the bird they is. Are, All I they know are is, males, yeah. Okay, oh, it is the dude. Okay, yeah. so then that's yeah. my boyfriend. They also have it. rad hairstyles because they're a cockatoos. Let me just show you a picture of yes, one of these. Yes, please. I want to see these little put, rocker uh, birds. I'll, I'll probably put up a photo of these on uh, our Instagram and our Twitter, but uh, they are, they they look like, they look like rock stars. Oh, my God. They have they're a little, their little red cheeks are they, so cute. They have a mohawk and red cheeks. 
That's so funny. It's really, it's really funny. And actually, here's one of them holding a twig, probably to use as a drumstick. Ah! And you know what? He looks real rock and roll doing it. He does. Well, I mean, some of them, and it's like their their little their little um, mohawks can pop up or go down, and so, so sometimes they look like emo with mm, their they're like their feathers sad hanging and floppy, in, yeah. right? And then other times they look punk rock, <laughs> <laughs> where they're like ready to rock. Are you ready to squawk? <laughs> so, I want to ask you a riddle, Carmen. Okay, I'm ready. When is a tool a tool? When is a tool a t- like a jerk tool? A what? Like a, like that tool is being a real tool. It's a jerk. I mean, that's a that's a that's a fun one, but no, okay. no, that's not the answer. Wait, I'll, I'll, just, yeah, I'll just yeah, tell me, tell me. A penis. <laughs> and I don't, and this, and it's actually a tool, like a, a tool tool. I truly did not even, I wasn't even, I should have guessed. We are in this, right. in the bomb chicka bow wow section. Right. Like, I should have known. You should have known, but that's, it's okay, because you may not have known that elephants have nearly prehensile penises. What? Yeah. So they can actually use their penis for things other than sex. What? What? <laughs> what do um, they do? Uh, they have used their penises to swap flies, scratch their tummies, or even as a third leg to balance. <laughs> I can't get over it. <laughs> oh, I just think that's so... I, I'm sorry. I'm imagining, like, uh, if humans could do... Like, if there was a fly nearby and the guy was just like... They, they, they can't? <laughs> But I thought, huh. <laughs> this is a really fun. That's amazing, right? Like, like they've been observed using them to manipulate objects to kind of wow. balance when they're reaching for something, like a like a tripod. <laughs> I mean, so smart and useful. I love that. And they're very big, I imagine, because they are elephants. Yes, and um, they're very. <laughs> they look. Like a small trunk, but it is, I mean, all right, listen, people be mature about this. Animals do need to reproduce, and in order to have sexual reproduction, uh, most of the time you do need a penis. Sometime that penis is going to be the size of a large pool noodle. It's going to flop around. They're going to use it to swat flies away, and I just want you guys to be mature about this, okay? (laughs) If I see a bunch of jokes about like elephant penises or or a lot of people saying, "Oh, that's so funny," I will be very disappointed. Listen, I am laughing, but only in straight seriousness. Okay, <laughs> this is like absolute nothing is funny. Carmen laughs as she learns. When she learns yeah. something, she laughs because that's just the sound of learning. Yeah, it's the joy that comes with <laughs> right. learning. I do not find this funny. Pure euphoria yeah. at learning. Truly, I'm just like I'm so eager to learn. Right, uh, right. But I agree. I mean, I got it. You know, one should never, um, never be laughing at the fact that no. um, and you penises have been used to flots wise for elephants. You also shouldn't laugh at the fact that their sperm has to travel over two meters. I love learning. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason the uh, researchers suspect that the penis is so flexible is that the female's Vaginal opening is located one and a half meters into her body. Holy mackerel. So it has to, and then it's, 
also just kind of hard for elephants to have sex. Oh, because yeah. they're big and bulky. I mean, yeah. Um, and it's actually it's it's actually interesting because <laughs> I read that sometimes um, younger, less experienced females can be intimidated by by bulls, uh, and um, they're it's often consensual, but they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Yeah. And so their their family will like stay around and be like, "You go, girl." Uh, and it's like they're <laughs> they're a matriarchal society, so it's like older females will be around. and It's like, "You get it, honey. Yeah. Get some." Yes. Yes, you're doing great. Yes. Get some of that be, be, big elephant D, yeah. honey. Did you see him swat that fly earlier? <laughs> it was amazing. You're so lucky, girl. Um, and uh, so it's so the male to have a flexible a flexible wiener that can you know reach the female is quite important. Oh my god! It has god. to be and it has to be pretty you know uh, agile. Yeah, I mean an agile pool noodle of yes, a penis. Yes. Um, just reach, just doing an all reach around. (laughs) Oh man, that's so fun. I don't know why the fly swatting is, is forever going to be. Because you probably imagine it with like a, with like a a tuba solo going like, swat. Get out of here. The penis kind of making a shoe motion like, shoo, shoo. It's great. Um, I want to actually, I had this idea. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I wanted to try a predictive text game. Okay. Because <laughs> it's what the, it's what all the folks are doing on, on the Twitters and stuff where you, you type in some text and let it predict what you're about to say. All right. Okay. So I was going to say uh, prehensile elephant penis and then just select the predictive text. Prehensile elephant penis is the best <laughs> way to make a difference well, in the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's amazing. Wait, should I try? Yeah, you, you try. All right, let's give it a shot. Uh, and what was the... What prehensile was the, elephant penis. Prehensile. I'm going to text you this, too. Uh, prehensile... Uh, elephant penis. All right, and here we go. Was the show that you were hilarious to do that you were? <laughs> wow, that's pretty close to reality. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you now so that you always have it. Yes, I, I, right. I, please do. All right, here we go. Prehensile Elephant Penis was the show that you were hilarious to do that you were. That's true. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I feel like the more I do this, the more the predictive text is just going to curtail itself to like my needs. And eventually the show will write itself. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what you're asking, Carmen. Oh, yeah. Dolphins don't have hands, so how do they masturbate? That's so true. <laughs> the answer with whatever they can find. Oh no! So they've masturbated just like rubbing against the ocean floor with decapitated fish heads. Oh God! And most bestly, live eels. <laughs> Oh, no. There was an observation of a particularly crafty dolphin uh, wrapping a live eel around his wiener and just, like, riding it out. Wait, 
So the it was like wrapped around like a like a like a piece of thread around a stick, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And that eel was just like, let's hold on for this one. <laughs> wouldn't it, that's so humiliating for the eel. Like, wouldn't it suck if you were reincarnated? Uh, you know, like in Moana, she gets reincarnated as like a manta ray, she's big, gorgeous stingray. Yeah. And like uh, you're like reincarnated as a cool sea animal, like an eel. And you're like, wow, I'm in the ocean. And like, you know, and then a, a, a horny dolphin just like, I'm going to use you around <laughs> my penis. Oh, God. I love that now. Like horny. That's what a horny dolphin sounds like. Which is just like, oh, man. <laughs> That's an eel. I wondered what that'd feel like around my penis. He sounds like um. Oh God, what's the who's the actor? The uh, you sound like Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, yeah. As the eels keep getting older, my wait. Eels, oh, that's yeah, gross. Yeah. I've already made it gross. <laughs> but yeah, dolphins and eels. I did. I wonder if it was an electric eel and if that would be bad or good. <gasps> I like guess it depends on the the dolphin, right? Like, is if the dolphin into like some of this uh, S and M stuff with like electric eels? I mean, is it sort of that's another way? Because like of, people do that, right? Where they like attach car batteries to their junk. Yeah, or whatever. people get zapped. I mean, like like vol- I'm not I'm talking about the no, consensual. No, no, I mean people zapping. get zapped on purpose. Right, they right, zap right, themselves. Right, they want zapping. Why? As someone who's never electrocuted myself in the name of fun yeah i wish i could i wish i could weigh in as somebody who who has the right, experience right. and knows but i don't right i mean is it just because like i wonder if it's just that it's painful or if there's something like more interesting about it i mean like, there's it's like the whole dichotomy of pain and pleasure i imagine i guess so and i wonder if like if like electrocuting yourself like makes more blood flow to the area so maybe that's that's good i, I don't know it's I interesting know. yeah but yeah, that would that sucks for the eel. <laughs> <laughs> sucks to be I that mean, eel. Does the eel just not? I mean, if the eel doesn't totally Probably doesn't understand, doesn't know, it's yeah. just like, why am I? All right, I guess right. this is where I'm gonna chill for a hot <laughs> second. This is truly the a less. This is a bumpy ride. Right, but right. I guess I, I'll get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dolphins aren't the only ones who have found a sort of a masturbatory aid. Peter Brockman of the Natural History Museum at the University of Oslo claims that orangutans make dildos out of wood and bark. Well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, girl. Yeah, get it, girl. Empower yourself with that wooden dildo. I love, like, the general vibe of this when we are in the sex section for women is just, like, we just imagine all of the animal girls being like, get it, girl. I mean, sometimes, like, with elephants, they're very supportive of, I love of each that. other. I love it. Uh, yeah, and I, I love, like, these orangutans just, like, um, and I don't think it's just exclusively females, if you know what I mean. I think males right. sometimes will use them, use too. Use the dildos. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it's all about the sexual yeah. pleasure, you know? I don't know if they're as sexually liberated as bonobos, who are... Mm-hmm. Very much so. They just hump everything, each other, all the time, all and right. it's all fun. It's a greeting. It's like it's just like you want to borrow a cup of sugar. You just you hump your neighbor sometimes. Yeah. You know? um, but orangutans, you know, it's 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 surprisingly progressive. Those, yeah. those tree bark dildos. That's nice. I mean, mm-hmm. tree bark dildos. Personally, it doesn't sound terribly comfortable for me. I don't know how they get it smooth. Enough. I would imagine they would sort of pick them out, you know, based on smoothness. Yeah. Like. Uh, like kind of a smoother, you know, like yeah, like select, select maybe the they, right one. Maybe I they, wonder. I don't know if there's any evidence that they like actually shape it, but they are they are some of the the apes that uh, one would 
they do use tools. Yeah. So so that I imagine they get creative say, about it. Who's to say that they don't? Because uh, they they like we said, talked about earlier, they use leaves as sort of like uh, safety whistles, and they'll use leaves to protect themselves from rain. Oh, cool. So they, so they have some concept of uh, tool use, and so like it wouldn't surprise me that much if they sort of like you know had their uh, favorite piece of bark that they kind of... I mean, don't we all, you know? <laughs> don't we all have our favorite? I don't know. Uh, but it's not just uh, sort of more intelligent primates or uh, intelligent um, mam- sea mammals like dolphins, but also female porcupines have been observed to maybe use sticks as dildos. Well, uh, female porcupines... I don't. Bl- Do you blame them though? No, I don't blame them because in the slightest. It's gotta be rough to. Oh yeah. It's oh, actually. I didn't it's even actually think not so. That. It's. A, I don't think it's actually so bad for porcupines because yeah. I think their um, hiney areas are softer. Like the yeah. there's not really that many quills around. Well, their, I would hope not. Their hiney areas, um, and you know, their their quills are sort of like if you just stroke them one way they aren't painful like yeah. they're kind of it's only if you right they can be surprisingly soft if you stroke them one way it's just like when they make all their quills erect and that's then like it, you, yeah well, that's because it's protection can, right right um although hedgehogs have more problems i think because they can't for hedgehogs <laughs> uh, and like i read something about hedgehogs having sex like how do hedgehogs have sex and like a biologist was like very carefully very carefully <laughs> Uh, as we all should, you know, we should be careful but have fun, you know? Yes, yes, I agree with that. Uh, and just to get back on the topic of tool tools, if you know what I mean, oh. wieners. Yeah, oh, wieners. <laughs> I'm talking about wieners. <laughs> um, dragonfly penises are like ice cream scoops that remove other dragonfly sperm from their partners during mating. Oh. Think that through. Wait. Just take a moment. They take out with a ice cream scoop. Which is their penis. So they take it out? Yes. Like it's a condo. So they're like, I don't want to reproduce right now. Scoop it out, put it away. Well, almost, but with competitors' semen. So they (gasps) super want to reproduce. They're like, but just with me. But just with me and my my seed. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But it's, um, so I read this in the book called Dragonflies by Cynthia Berger, uh, Quote, he uses his spoon-shaped penis to either scoop out or tamp down the old sperm before he adds his own. Tamp down? <laughs> like a like an old-timey, uh, you know, one of those... Uh, when you plant in your seeds. Those you muskets. Gotta, you gotta tamp it down. Gotta tamp it down. Uh, most of the... And she also writes uh, that most of the time the two dragonflies are together in copulation wheel, they are not actually mating. Instead, the male is occupied with evicting or compressing the sperm deposited by a previous male. Oh, so they're trying to—they're getting that old sperm out of the way. But they're also tamping it down. I think that's also like that's to make room for their own sperm. Oh, so, that it so can, they're like yeah. scoop throw, but any leftover, right. they're like tamp, tamp, tamp. Right, right, put right. More in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's like trying to get pixie sticks sugar back in the tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You ever oh, spill? Yeah. You ever spill a pixie stick and you get sugar everywhere? And you're trying to scoop it back in there, and it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't do ever do good. No, nope. you already know what <laughs> you make a point. Uh, you made a beautiful visual point right there. It's just so funny to me that they just like have this like like you know spoon like shovel penis and like hi ho hi ho I'm off to work gotta go. <laughs> 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 hi ho hi tap tap tap. 
Oh, man, bugs are gross. Oh, they are. You mean with like dragonflies or anything? Yeah, just just that they just that they have a penis spoon. It is. I think. I don't know. I don't know where like evolutionarily. I feel like that's such a strange. I get it. Like it's not a choice evolutionarily how you are created, but. That just the spoon element of being like, no, scoop it out, scoop it out. Well, I think it's actually, uh, that's actually pretty common where a strategy for all sorts of creatures to get competitors sperm out of the reproductive tract of the female uh, so that when they deposit, because they don't want to waste their reproductive opportunities. Mm. Um, so uh, there are a lot of animal penises that will actually act as kind of like, I don't know, wet wipes or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll be able to remove. I, I just the 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 shovel penis is really funny to me. It's it is. Like it's very. It funny. Out. <laughs> it's very funny. So, I want to end the episode with a news section that I like to call news. Oh. So this is it's a news item that it doesn't have as much to do with tool use, but it's uh just where h- humans and animals collide. Um, current events and. There's a news story out today about a woman who has learned to walk, trot, gallop, and jump like a horse. Um, so. Wait, hang on. I'm like, gonna... like with on all fours? Yeah. Oh, right. Hang on, let me. I'm gonna show you a video of this. This right is here. very real. All right. Yes, it's right. very real. Her name is uh, Isla Kirstein. I think she's a Norwegian woman, and um, she has figured out how to walk how to trot and it's really it's actually quite impressive um oh my god (laughs) oh my god she's trotting like a horse and it's with galloping like a horse she really is and she can go fast she's very good that dog that yeah dogs are better I mean, oh, like, but look, look, she what? <laughs> she just jumped over a picnic table. That's crazy. That like, I can't even jump over a picnic table like a human, let alone like a horse. <coughs> this is the funniest, and you know, good for her. It is impressive. Like, I I can't do that. I don't have problems with this. I, I think that if you want to embrace sort of walking like a yeah. and running and jumping like a horse, I mean, live your life. You know. Who's to say? This is amazing. She's very good at jumping She's over stuff. She's very good. And what's interesting, too, is like her body, like I can definitely tell she's like studied how horses move oh, and yeah. then copied them. For sure. Because she's she doing like, it very She's got well. like the leg kick after she jumps where like after a horse will jump over an, a, a thing, their legs kind of will kick in the air to just make sure they got that extra oomph of clearance. Yeah. It's also, it's got a, she's like. I gotta have a lot of arm strength because she's doing this on all fours. Yes, and she's doing the exact, like you said, the motion of the horse. Right. It's wild. It is really cool. It's. Wow. I do wonder though, how much time she has on her hands <laughs> and feet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> all fours. Oh my! How much God. time she has on on her hooves? Truly, though, I will say from a personal perspective, that looks very uncomfortable. It does look uncomfortable. That's gotta put a lot of. Strain on your lumbar? Yeah. Lumbar? Yeah, yeah. I feel like my lower, lower back. back hurts watching it. Yeah, my lower back just like th- got thrown out by that video. <laughs> but, you know, hey, good for you. That's that's pretty interesting. Good work to her. I know. That's a skill I could never do. It's so uh, very impressive. And 
just like I don't know. That that's yeah. a cool thing to have in the world. That's uh, amazing. A woman who jumps like a horse and just try that. Follow your passion. Well, when you said that, I was like, well, as a kid, didn't we all like pretend to be like yeah. animals at one point? And I'm like, no, no, no she's no, mastered she it. She does it well. You <laughs> may have done it poorly, but she actually does it like, really well. It's very accurate. <laughs> she put a lot of work yes. into it. So, Carmen, you got anything to plug? Do I have anything? Other than to- dragonfly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> scoop, scoop. Tip, tip. Oh, God. So- <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I hate that I conflated ice cream in my head with that. I know. Well, you can't help it. Just I spoon. ruined it. Sorry. Um, scoop, scoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me, let's see. I guess I'm uh, I'm now helping to host, a, or I guess I'm helping out with a stand-up show. I wouldn't say I'm hosting. Every now and then I'm on it, but I'm helping out with You're it. You're peripheral. Yeah, I'm peripherally involved, so yeah. I bet they'd like... You're, you're gracing the stand-up show yeah, with, me, your, Teresa with Lee. your touches. Oh, cool, yeah, Teresa. Uh, Jason Van Glass. Um, they they host, and it's at the uh, local, or it's at the uh, public house. Cool. Yeah. That's in LA. It's in LA. If you want to go to see stand-up, they they have very very good stand-ups that go up, so you should definitely check it out. Um, and then, and that's on. Uh, sorry, that is on Monday at 10 p.m. Monday. at which Monday? Monday, any Monday. Oh, all Mondays. All the Mondays. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Just, you can come any Monday. Yeah, any Monday, and it's free, and there's some pizza, and you can eat pizza, and, and it's free. <laughs> that's, and that's wait, fun. is the pizza free? Yeah, the pizza's free. <gasps> what the heck? Yeah, you gotta be fast, though. You gotta get there at I 10. wasn't gonna come to support you as a friend, I know, but I but will then come I said for free the pizza. pizza yeah. I know. <laughs> free pizza. So you should definitely, if you like stand-up, you should If you go. like stand-up and you like free pizza, yeah. you should go. And it's all free. The show is free and the, the pizza's free. Pizza with Parmesan cheese. Ah, that's my and handle. And that's your Twitter handle. That's my handle. Where else can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. I no longer have a Facebook, so don't even bother. Don't even bother. <laughs> don't even hassle with it, because she ain't there. I'm not there. You can't find me. You can't me. find her anywhere. Uh, and then, yeah, otherwise, you can check out my website at www.carmenangelica.com, and I have all my work up there. Nice. And I do stand up around LA, so you can see me there we can, can see you and all of your sort of lip balms oh my god you <laughs> listen i mean if, if, once you've seen me a few times you'll have seen all she, the lip balms she leaves a trail i do yes. you can find me that way uh and you can find us uh on creaturefeaturepod.com our twitter is creaturefeetpod f-e-a-t uh our instagram is creaturefeaturepod and uh, you can find me at Katie Golden and, of course, at Pro Bird Rights, where I am a bird on Twitter. Or is the bird me or am I the bird? Who knows? Who knows? You, you decide. <laughs> um, I also want to make a special shout out to fan and Instagrammer Mary Danger, who she's been making some amazing and weird comics for the show. She just made a comment recently about last week's episode and she'll probably have one up on this week's episode, too. So check those out on Instagram. Those are really awesome. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm super honored to be allowed in your ear holes. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating, comment, subscribe, or gently blow a kiss to the next bird you see. Your support really does mean so much to me and also the conspiracy of birds I'm part of. Really, though, thank you so much. And I'll see you next Wednesday on Creature Feature.
And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their awesome song, Exolumina. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.